her body was discovered in a nearby wooded area. He was stabbed 19 times and left for dead where two adults have been shot to death. 143 people have been murdered. Hundreds more have been shot. She had been stabbed to death. It was the bloodiest thing I think I've ever been to. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dark and Deadly. We are your hosts. I'm Haley. And I'm Gina. And we have a final-ish update on the Gabby Petito case that has, you know, rocked the entire nation for quite some time. And it kind of went quiet for a while, but there's an update. So take it away, Gina. So, yep, here's the update. Uh, This is what the FBI wrote in their statement that they released a review of the notebook revealed written statements by Mr. Laundry claiming responsibility for Miss Petito's death. The FBI on Friday also confirmed that Laundry has been attempting to deceive law enforcement by giving the impression that Miss Petito was still alive. So he obviously was like using her card, posting on social media, responding to people. Right. By continuing that text chain between the two phones after she is believed to have died. Um, he, yeah, used her debit card, which is also, you can't use somebody's debit card that's not yours, by the way, just by Um, her body was found in the Spread Creek dispersed camping area in the, um, Teton National Park, where they had been staying 77 days after she had been reported missing. So, it's sad, um, it's unfortunate and they said that least, she died from blunt. Yeah, she, at least we have some kind of answer. Right. And it's not just some great mystery as to exactly what happened. I have a feeling that he probably in that note, hopefully detailed out like exactly what had happened. Right. So that her parents aren't, even though I don't know if I would want to know that. Yeah, I don't know if I would not want to know the details. I would just want to know. I don't. I would just want somebody to confess what they did, you know. And it was a cowardly (laughs) way for him to go out. And I'm half wondering if he felt so guilty that he just like couldn't live with himself for the rest of his life. I don't know. I would imagine that's partially it. And then more than likely, he understood that he was caught. Like there was. There was no way he was deceiving anyone at that point. Right. Um, But I just wonder what day it was that he died. Yeah, I don't know. But his parents had to have known. And I... I don't know. Oh, so he was sending text messages between their phones. Between Gabby's and his. Yeah. Yeah. How psychotic. Yeah. So, yeah. Very sad, but at least her family knows. I mean, I'm sure they knew, but they just needed some reassurance that that is who took her life, unfortunately. So I decided to pick a case that wasn't as uh, gruesome or, like, horrible. I mean, it's still horrible because all the cases are, but... Between Peter Aston's and Laura Ackerson's deaths, I wanted to pick something a little less traumatizing. So, right. I mean, the cases that we cover, 
while they're fascinating, it does get to you. And I start to have bad dreams after too many, like, bad ones. Yeah, it's just really depressing. Because essentially, if you don't, I mean, if you don't realize it, like when we do these podcasts, we're recording every week, we're either hearing about each other's cases or writing and talking about the cases that we're covering. So it's like a daily Death thing. 24 seven. <laughs> yeah. So it can really wear on people. And that's kind of why I liked October because we were covering like paranormal stuff too. And it yeah. gives it gives you a break between all the like death and torture and all that. So, yeah. yep, 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 yep. On November seventeenth, two thousand eleven, a new episode of The People's Court aired, featuring Michelle Parker and her ex fiance Dale Smith. Dale was suing Michelle for a five thousand dollar engagement ring that she threw at him during an argument that ended up flying over a hotel balcony. That's some bad luck. Yeah. The show was taped months prior, but that would be the last day that anybody saw Michelle. So the show was actually taped in September, and now we're November 17th is when the show is airing. So who is Michelle? Michelle Parker was a 33-year-old mother of three living in Orlando, Florida. She had an 11-year-old son and three-year-old twins that she shared with Dale Smith. Just the twins. The older son was from a a previous relationship. Mm. She was a super hardworking single mother. Michelle owned an airbrush tanning business and was working to get her cosmetology license so that she could work at the salon that her mother owned. Then at night, she would work as a bartender. I think the bar was called The Barn. Not that that really matters. But Michelle and Dale's relationship could be described as very toxic and abusive. They had taped the episode for the People's Court at Dale's narcissistic request because he wanted to be on TV and... He assumed that he was going to go, that things were going to go exactly how they wanted it. He wanted it to, right? He'd get the money for the ring. Everything would go smoothly. But that wouldn't be further from reality. In fact, they got into it the entire time that they were in the courtroom. The judge finally at the end made the decision that they would split the cost of the ring. So each person would have to pay $2,500 for the ring but not before Michelle laid everything out on the line about Dale's true character. She described him as mean, short-tempered, and physically abusive, especially when he was drinking. And during their time together, it came out that he had seven affairs with different women. Seven. Yeah. Stand-up guy. Right? And in 2009, she had tried to get a restraining order on Dale two years. This is two years prior, right? And the judge denied it, which we're going to see here in just a second how bad Dale's previous history was. And so I'm kind of shocked that the judge denied this request. Now, Dale didn't have a temper just when it came to Michelle. In 1992, he was involved in an incident in downtown Orlando at a bar where he found himself in a bar fight that left one man dead. Dale and his friends attacked a 22-year-old for seemingly no reason who ended up dying from this beating. And he was only given two years... Yeah, he was only given two years probation for this. Not only that, but Dale was also ultimately dishonorably discharged for domestic violence against, against a previous girlfriend, Shannon. On September 15th, 2000, Shannon was treated at a Southern... Or a South Carolina hospital for head injuries, and he was arrested for domestic battery for this. 
And he also had a pretty alarming dating history. His first marriage went up in flames pretty quickly. And just 10 days after his divorce, he was already seeing what would be his second wife who ended up passing away from a drug overdose. So a lot to dissect here with Dale. That's so much. Yeah. And Michelle and Dale's relationship is completely textbook when it comes to abusive relationships. As soon as the fighting started, they'd get mean, ugly, like sometimes physical, and then they would sit down and cry with each other, promise that it would never happen again. Dale would promise to be better. He would, he was so sorry. Like, you know how it goes. She was stuck in this toxic spiral until one day she had, en- had enough and broke off their engagement. I'm not sure Good. if this was the same argument of her throwing the ring over the balcony, but... Should be. I'd chalk that son right. of a bitch too. Bye! On the day Michelle went missing, which was November 17th, 2011, the same exact day that that aired, she had spent most of her day at her mother's salon. Later that afternoon, Michelle had to meet Dale at his home in Orlando to drop the twins off with him for their scheduled, like, custody arrangement. We know that Michelle did end up there because the twins were dropped off, and there's neighborhood surveillance footage of her Hummer. She had a big black Hummer pulling into the neighborhood. At around 3.30 that day, Michelle's oldest son arrived home from school to see that his mom hadn't come home yet. Now, this was unlike her. She was always home after school, so immediately alarm bells start going off for him. So he called his grandma... Michelle's mother, her name is Yvonne Stewart, and told her that Michelle wasn't home yet. His grandma's like, you know what? She just dropped the twins off. Like, give her a little bit more time. See if she shows up within the next hour. So an hour later rolls by, and now her brother tries to contact her by sending her a text message asking her where she was at. And he got a one-word reply back from her that said Waterford. Now, when I use Google Maps to look up the distance between Orlando and I type in Waterford... I'm assuming this text was implying that she was in Waterford Lakes, which is like a suburban development located in Orange County, which is two hours away from Orlando. Mm-hmm. But I've heard in an interview that Waterford isn't very far from where she was in Orlando. So I'm not exactly sure. There is like a road with Waterford in the name of it, which is maybe 20 minutes away from Orlando. But I don't know. This... This part of the case really confused me. I couldn't nail down exactly where she was implying Waterford was. I feel like there's a Waterford, Connecticut. Well, we know, yeah, (laughs) we know she was still in Florida. I just don't know if she was like two hours away from Orlando or like 20 minutes away from Orlando. So let's see where Waterford is. Lakeland. When you type in Waterford, like a couple oh. of things come up, but like the first one. I get one a Lakeland, is... I get a Riverview and Springs. Waterford, Winter Haven, Tampa. That's near Tampa. Oh, that's probably what they're talking about. In Lakeland. Lakeland, Florida. So it's right outside that? Orlando. Okay. One hour, 23 minutes. So, so she, she was within two side. hours. Within two yep, hours. Within two hours. Orlando. Orlando. We'll just leave it at that. Now, yeah. her family found this very strange. Number one, there was no reason as to why she needed to be in that area, depending on how far away it really is. I don't know. But there was no reason for her to be there regardless of how far away it was. Right. Number two, 
she would never prioritize being somewhere else over being home when her oldest was out of school. She was a very devoted mother. She was a reliable mother. So everybody found this kind of strange that she would just send a one word text without any explanation. Because number three, she never sent one word texts. She never sent one word answers at all. Like she was one of those long winded people that text you an entire paragraph when it's super unnecessary, but she did. Yeah. So immediately her family was suspicious that this was even sent from her in the first place. They were like, this does not sound like Michelle. And so after persistently trying to call and text Michelle, they got no answers after that water for a text. So at around 7 PM that night, her family made the decision to call and report her as a missing person. And it only added to the panic when she didn't show up to her bartending shift at 8 p.m. because she never missed a shift. It was not in her personality, not in her character to not show up for a job without so much as a phone call. So thankfully, authorities did jump on this because of the circumstances surrounding that case. It was kind of bizarre for her to go missing on the exact same day that that show aired where they got into all the dirty details of their relationship And that she completely vanished into thin air after meeting up at Dale's to drop their kids off. So they immediately started searching for Michelle and obtained a search warrant for Dale's residence. I mean, they were quick on this. And I just have to applaud the police department in this case for doing what should be done every single time something like this happens. We all know that waiting 24 hours to report someone missing or to begin the search is way too late in most cases. So much can happen in that time frame and chances of people being found alive start to dwindle very quickly. So isn't that so sad? Yeah. It's you've got 48 hours and you're most likely did you say 48? Yeah. Well, then it's, it's 48 hours after someone's murdered that if you don't catch the suspect in 48 hours, that your chances of solving it go down astronomically i believe yeah yeah isn't that so sad it is really sad and especially when we see those police departments that just like don't take missing persons cases very seriously like i would rather pay my tax money towards going towards using resources to find people even if they find them alive like strung out on the side of a highway i don't really care but like come on there are so many instances where people like mm-hmm. police departments just put it off because they think they're they have this history of being run a runaway or a history of drug abuse. So they're probably just like out somewhere or they're probably a runaway. But like, does it really matter when it comes down to it? Because every life is valuable. Oh, fully. And not every like case of like a teenager that goes missing is because they're runaway. Right. If kids that are like good kids are like, oh, they're probably just out with their friends. They'll be back. And I'm like, but what if they're not? And you're wasting valuable, precious time being like, oh, 24 hours. Yeah. Instead of just going out and doing a search. Because if you think about it, too, how much. Exactly. Because if you think about it, how much harder is it to find out somebody after 24 hours? A lot can happen in 24 hours. You're going to have a lot easier time finding yep. somebody if it's been two hours since they went missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway. And even if it's just tell them like, go home. Yeah. You're Then you have some teenagers who are up to no good off the roads at night. Yeah. I don't yep. Know. I don't know. 
I agree. They found her car within two hours of starting the search after looking through traffic cameras. Uh, they were able to locate her vehicle at the Walden Palms apartments later that evening. So they, they saw her car on traffic cameras within like two hours of her being reported as missing. And then they were actually able to physically locate it, I think, around midnight. Which... Oh, that's so late. Yeah. Which the Walden Palms apartments is in Orlando. So... Her sending a text that she was not in Orlando and then her vehicle ending up in Orlando is kind of suspicious. And the weird thing is, Michelle had a huge decal across the back window of her car for her airbrushing business. So when they were going through traffic cameras, it was super easy to spot her Hummer because one, it's a Hummer. And two, it had the huge decal across the back of the window that said glow. But when they found mm -hmm. the Hummer abandoned in the apartment complex the decal was missing it was gone so it's believed by authorities Somebody that scraped off mm -hmm, that whoever was responsible for dumping her car was trying to slow down the investigation of actually identifying the vehicle by taking that off the back which if this is just a random person who doesn't know michelle and decided to take advantage of why would you a stranger that? why would you do that so in my eyes it has to be somebody that knows her personally and knows that that business is going to help solve her case. Right. That's my wow. process. Unfortunately though, there was not much evidence in the car that could lead authorities any direction. So finding the vehicle, great find, although it didn't push them any closer to finding Michelle. Dale posted this status online at around 11 PM that night. Oh man, oh man, Michelle, the mother of my kids, is missing. Her mother called me and said she never showed up to work after dropping the kids off with me. The police just came by and searched my whole house. This isn't good. My kids need their mother. That's a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. So like that's weirdly said. Weirdly worded. Right. Weirdly worded, yeah. And not only that, like, if, wouldn't you, this is typical like narcissistic behavior that he mentioned that they searched his place instead of being yeah. like can we all get together like share this status we need to find michelle this is super serious can we please like can i get people to help me search like we need to do something yeah it wasn't instead about michelle missing it was about house. yep they searched my house my kids need their kids. mom not hey the mother of my children is missing i need people out here looking for her like we need her back. You know what I'm saying? Kind of weird. Mm -hmm. The police left his house mm -hmm. shortly before he posted this status. And it's unknown whether or not they found anything related to Michelle's disappearance from the search. But Dale was not arrested. So I'm assuming they came up pretty empty handed. At the time of the search, they gathered Dale's side of the story since it's assumed he was the last person to see Michelle. And Dale said the last time he saw her was at 4 p.m. that day after dropping the kids off. He claims that by 4.30 p.m., he and the twins went to his parents' house for a bit and then went back to his home. Now, remember, there was neighborhood surveillance that showed Michelle driving through the neighborhood that day. So we know that she arrived there. She went, dropped off the kids. Unfortunately, the camera, the way that... It's angled, doesn't really catch people leaving the neighborhood, just coming into the neighborhood. But 
She didn't come into the neighborhood at 4 p.m. She was there at 3.20 p.m., which leaves a 40-minute gap in Dale's story. And considering this 40-minute gap, authorities were not very impressed with his account of the events that happened that day. Because of this inconsistency, they also obtained a search warrant for his family's house, where he supposedly had been that day after Michelle left. So on November 26th, the SWAT team searched the home from top to bottom, and again, not a single shred of evidence came from this search either. Despite nothing coming out of these searches, including divers who searched a canal that was located near the residence, Dale was still officially declared the prime suspect. So they went on TV, said, you know, Dale is still the person we think is responsible for this. If you have any tips or anything like that, please come forward. Her parents and everything went on TV even saying, you know, Dale, if you like know anything, please just tell us. We're not going to be mad. We just want to know where she is. We want to know what happened to her so we can put her body to rest respectfully, you know. And her mom even mentioned the fact that they were going through dumpsters just praying they didn't come across her body. Can you imagine looking in dumpsters for a family member? Oh, that is so sad. So sad. Especially not my kid. Yeah. Dale was then later asked to come in for an interview and a polygraph. And this is where his behavior kind of switched from concerned ex to uncooperative suspect. He absolutely, absolutely refused to take the polygraph. Hear me out. I don't like polygraphs either. I don't... <laughs> There's a reason they're not admissible in court, and it's because they're so unreliable. So if I was a lawyer, which I'm not... But I would advise any client to turn down a polygraph regardless if I thought they were innocent or not. So I get it. I get that him refusing to do it looks suspicious, but I also get that if he's innocent, him refusing to do it isn't a good look, but it's to protect him because they're they're so unreliable. Has he contacted a lawyer yet? Does he have one? Um, I don't know if at that point he did, but he did get one soon after, at least. Okay. But, I mean, we've seen innocent people take polygraphs and fail them for stupid stuff. So, we need to assume that just because people don't want to take a lie detector test isn't an admission of guilt. (laughs) Anyway. The next day, considering the events that had taken place so far, the twins were placed in Michelle's mother's care. And then, in a matter of 24 hours, this is kind of where Dale's lawyer jumps in. He gets the kids back to their dad within 24 hours of them going with their grandma. And there was no doubt in authorities' minds that they were looking at a case that involved foul play. They had zero direction to go without any evidence, though. Michelle did have a new boyfriend at the time, and his name is Nate. But fortunately for him, Nate was ruled out as a suspect pretty early on in the investigation. She had been in contact with him right before she arrived at Dale's house. And police were interviewing everybody they could that was close to Michelle And it seemed like every single person that they talked to only led them in one direction, and that was Dale Smith. So it almost makes me wonder if, between their rocky relationship, if Dale had found out about Nate when she arrived at that day, and maybe he snapped. I don't know. Oh. The next step was for them to look into her phone records to see where her phone was pinging from, because her brother had gotten that one-word text that said Waterford, so authorities were expecting her phone to be in that general area when the text was sent at 4.30 p.m. Instead, her phone was headed the complete opposite direction of Waterford. So, 
The last ping from Michelle's phone was at 8.08 p.m. at Lake Conway. Lake Conway is over a bridge and less than four miles away from Dale's residence. Oh. Yeah. An interesting tidbit is that in order to get to Dale's parents' house, he would have to cross this bridge. So they sent a dive team to the lake to do an extensive search. On December 8th, her phone was found at the bottom of the lake, but still no, no Michelle. The only thing they have is her car that does, isn't giving them anything and their phone, her phone, which is obviously no longer going to provide any evidence as well. Right. Years go by and her case goes cold. And at this point, authorities' hands are, are tied. There wasn't enough evidence to arrest Dale, even though they believe he had something to do with it at least. Or that he had some knowledge of what may have happened to her. So, fed up, Michelle's family decides to get involved. And they 100% 100 believe that Dale is responsible for the disappearance of her. And are certain she is, at this point, deceased. So, her family decides to sue Dale with a wrongful death suit. But with no body, Dale's lawyer was pretty confident that there was not going to be any case no way that this lawsuit would go anywhere, which makes sense. But to everybody's surprise, the judge decided to push this case through. So fast forward to his deposition, and Dale tried to plead the fifth to every single question they were supposed to ask. He literally had his lawyer go in there with a signed letter saying he was going to be pleading the fifth to everything. And the judge was like, no, man, you can't do that. No. No. So he ordered him to answer the questions. And he was allowed, allowed, I say that loosely, but he was allowed to plead the fifth to over 100 out of 500 questions. What? Yeah. The judge was less than pleased with this and ordered him to come back and truthfully answer the questions that he didn't want to answer to. So he, they did end up getting answers to those questions. Now, this is beyond frustrating, but there is zero information that I can find if this lawsuit went anywhere. Like, I wish I had an answer, but unfortunately, I can't find anything other than in 2018, Michelle's family attorney said it was currently delayed, and he was hoping to continue the case in the following year, but again, that is the last I can find an article on. So, 2018, they're saying hopefully within the next year we can figure this out, but I have yet to be able to find an update on if that specific lawsuit has gone through. Does Florida have, like, an open registry of civil cases that are happening i've i tried to look um but i didn't get very far so i'm not sure and unfortunately for michelle's family as the case has gone on more information has come out about the type of relationship that she had with dale they i mean she seemed to have keep kept her relationship issues with him pretty hush-hush. According to at least her father and stepmother, they had zero zero idea that there was abuse in the relationship or that she even tried to put a restraining order on him. They didn't even know that she was going to be on the people's court. So this entire case was completely shocking to her family, to say the least. They were not expecting this to happen at all. The timeline, though, is kind of interesting to, like, look at. I would love, I would love to go into the police department and you know how they have like the string and this probably, it doesn't actually happen, but like photographs and like trying to connect oh, all the yeah, dots. putting together everything. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if Dale did this, he would have had to been pretty quick and somewhat organized because there is absolutely no shred of evidence in his, of it occurring in his house. There's no evidence of it, any crime occurring in her vehicle. I don't know if they searched his vehicle, but he... I'm, it also means that the twins were more than likely present when this whole thing happened because she dropped the kids off with him and then she went missing. So unless he hired somebody else to do something, I don't know. We have Michelle arriving at Dale's home at approximately 3.20. Dale went to his parents' house for a couple hours at around 4.30. I wasn't able to nail down a time of when he supposedly got back home because, again, there's no surveillance footage of him arriving back in the neighborhood. Her car was seen on traffic cameras around 7.50, but not actually found until around midnight. And we're going to assume that Michelle wasn't actually driving the car at that time. Dale's home was searched before 11, and the last cell phone ping at the lake was 8.08. So I kind of jumped around on times there, but it only took around 20 minutes to drive from Lake Conway to where her vehicle was found. So this timeline is just crazy and confusing, to be honest. And uh, I don't know. Her case is still unsolved. And her body still hasn't been found. And that's not to say that police don't, don't, like, don't have information that they're withholding, though. Because if there are neighborhood cameras that caught Michelle coming into the neighborhood, I would also assume that there's footage of him coming into... I don't know. So, where was, where was her phone when she responded with Waterford? Her four miles away? In, no, her phone was headed um, the opposite direction. So... You're saying that it's towards Tampa, Waterford? Yes. So her phone was headed the opposite way. I'm not exactly... If I pulled up a map, I might be able to get a better idea. But her phone was headed the opposite direction of Waterford at 4.30 p.m. And where do his parents live? I will um, find the picture of that map. And it kind of shows um, <clears throat> the distance between Dale's house and lake water or lake conway where her phone was found and her his parents house was in that same direction like you had to cross the bridge and go by lake conway in order to go to his parents house so we'll find that put that on the instagram and what time was that text between the brother and so he he her? got the waterford text at 4 30 when dale was apparently at his parents house oh mm-hmm. weird bizarre and it pinged off yeah. there mm-hmm and then her phone was found there. Yeah. And. Okay. We wouldn't have seen his vehicle leaving the neighborhood, but we would have seen it arriving. So I'm assuming the, the police have this and maybe just aren't releasing this. Maybe they're like stockpiling evidence to arrest Dale, I'm hoping. How is a camera set up where you can only see the arriving, but you can't see the leaving? I'm guessing that it's just, like, angled so much on the one road of people coming inside that it doesn't catch the other side of the road. Oh. Yeah. Weird. And considering her car was dropped off somewhere, there had to have been two people involved. And some people believe that Dale's father was his getaway car because it was... Like, he went to his parents' house, freaked out, and... Yeah, because I did read... They helped him cover it up. ...in one specific article, so I don't know how much truth there is to this, but Dale and his father did leave for a little period of time, left the twins with his mom, 
and uh, ran an errand. So I don't know how true that is, but it's worth mentioning. Dale has since moved with the twins to a different state. And in 2015, Yvonne Stewart, Michelle's mother, fought really hard to get a law passed that helps grandparents see their grandchildren under certain circumstances, such as like a missing, incarcerated, or death of a parent. He was obviously granted full custody of the children after Michelle went missing, and he hasn't allowed the kids to see her parents or family at all, which is heartbreaking because there's even video of Yvonne hugging Dale after that specific custody hearing and praying over him. And she was overjoyed when the law got passed to help grandparents see their grandkids, right? But in December of 2016, she was denied by a judge for visitation, a law that she put in so much time and effort into creating, they denied it. And she put in an appeal and was denied yet again. And it is so heartbreaking because they'll be turning 18 in just two years. So not only did the family lose Michelle, but also super valuable time with the twins. Well, maybe now that they're 18 now, they'll... Right. ...of their own... Reach out to be involved. No, go and see their Yeah, and Yvonne and the family Mm -hmm. have left super heartfelt messages specifically for the twins on their Find Michelle Facebook page, reminding them how much they love them, how much they'll continue to fight for them. And just because Hmm. it's only two years until they're 18 and they can make the decision, they're going to keep appealing and appealing and appealing and appealing to, to try and see them and get visitation. So it's so sad. It's just so selfish of Dale too, that he doesn't let the twins see even their older brother. And it angers me when parents do not put their children first and their needs and their wishes and their wants, like they're people too. And they should have a say on who they want in their lives, especially at 16 years old. Yep. I'm just, I don't understand how they don't have enough evidence to charge him. There's no concrete evidence. It's all. I'm so confused. So like I said, I'm just hoping that they're just like trying to stockpile evidence against. I'm hoping that they have enough evidence for Dale in the next year or so. Or I'm hoping that if somebody else was involved, they're going to crack because I hate when people just, like, up and vanish into thin air. How does that happen? Especially in these... I mean, it was in 2011. We still had, like, cameras everywhere. So what the heck happened? And how did they do it so quickly? I mean, that's vanishing out of thin air. It really is. It really is. It's, It's concerning. So... If anybody has any information regarding the disappearance of Michelle Parker, I have a phone number you can call. If you recognize her picture or his picture or know any information, if you look on her Instagram, please call the number because no tip is too small, I don't think, when it comes to stuff like this. So the phone number to call is 321-235-5300. We'll have that in the show notes and also an Instagram post if you know anything about Michelle Parker's disappearance. So that is my case. How sad. I hate cases like that. Me too. I just, I don't know. It's. And I'm sorry if you guys hear any background noise of my children screaming or the TV or anything. We normally record at night, but it is in the middle of the day. So I apologize. (laughs) I feel bad for the families of, I just never knowing. Yeah. It's just the not knowing. Like, I would rather 
no too much than nothing at all. Yep. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to vote for February's 2K's topic episode. The link will be in the show notes. It's also on our Instagram. Don't forget to follow us there at Dark and Deadly Pod, where we'll be doing an awesome giveaway once we reach a thousand followers on there. So don't forget to follow. And we'll see you guys here next time. Bye. Bye.